Hey, I'm Marin Wen, and you're listening to PodNed, a podcast for nurses in the emergency department. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of PodNed. Uh, it's Marin here and Lisa. Hi guys. Um, this month we're going to talk about leadership, um, leadership in nursing probably, particularly, mm. um, and we're going to try and focus on how leadership is not really affiliated with a title, but rather with individuals um, and the kind of skills that they bring to the table and some of the qualities that we think, uh, in our humble opinion, <laughs> make <laughs> awesome leaders. Um, and we'll be interviewing some really cool people as well. Yeah. Um, so Lisa, do you want to start and tell us a bit about your leadership journey? Yeah. I so I'm I've been in the leadership title, I guess, as a grade seven for well, I think seven years. Um, but I remember when I first started in ED or, or had been there for for a couple of years that I didn't realise I was a leader until somebody came up to me and said, have you applied for the, the clinical nurse role? Um, and the same thing happened at each level. So even when I was successful with the clinical nurse and sat there for a couple of years, I didn't apply or seek out a new role until somebody had to tell me. So it was a, a shock to me, I remember, the first time someone, someone called me a leader because I didn't realise I was one. Um, but when it happened, um, when 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 that person did tell me it was a, um, it was the nurse unit manager in my in my job, said you know that you're a leader and people seem to migrate to you. I went home and started thinking what it was that made me that way, and what I saw in other leaders that I loved, uh, and then I tried to emulate that. And I think that's been the biggest part of my journey because I still do the same thing because now I know I'm a leader. I'm quite confident in that and I know why I'm a leader, but I'm still trying to grow as one. And I, and I think I generally just seek out even people at my own level or people, you know, under my level, what qualities they have that makes them so good at it. Um, we're going to interview Wes on, on this episode. He was one of our grads last year and he just, some of his leadership qualities are really qualities to look up to and I find that really exciting to be around and yeah. I, I do kind of feed off other leaders. What do you think are your like best leadership qualities? I love to innovate. So if I see innovation in somebody else, I foster that and and help them to, to sort of feed on that, uh, what would you call it, uh, I guess that quality in themselves because I love to be the centre of change, in, of any change, and it's it's been the thing that's driven my career and I think the leadership has just come with it. Yeah, right. Mm. I can, I can, I'm organised as well, I'm very organised. And I can communicate well. I can get across what I want in a direct manner in a stressful situation. But that's something that I've learned over time. It certainly wasn't there in the beginning. I think a lot of that comes right. with um, clinical leadership too, doesn't it? You know, if you're in a, a big resource that you need to communicate kind of strongly and efficiently, you get quite good at that yeah. through lots of practice. 
even if it's not something that you're comfortable with to begin with I think yeah um, I, I, I think I like uh, watching others grow as well I love being part of that I think that's why the educator role really suits me because I get to do that every day would you describe yourself just out of interest as an introvert or extrovert depends on the crowd yeah right yeah uh, I'm an introvert when I first enter a crowd I certainly would have described myself when I first started at this job as an introvert but it didn't take me long when I found my tribe I was an extrovert yeah when I'm comfortable and when I feel confident I'm an extrovert yeah but most other people would describe me I think as an extrovert because my ability to put myself out there a little more I don't see myself that way yeah that's interesting what about you Oh, I'm definitely an introvert, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, but I think think people can pull you out of that quite easily. Yeah, probably a little bit like you. If I'm amongst, you know, a group of close colleagues or close friends, I could be extroverted. But I think being an introvert in the emergency department brings its own whole level of challenge because yeah. you're surrounded by the majority of the staff population would be extroverted people. And I think trying to be seen or recognized as a leader when you're an introvert in that environment can take a little bit longer mm. um, because you're surrounded by all these amazing people who are quite out there and very noticeable. Yeah, I find it really difficult, particularly when I enter a new work environment, to be seen amongst the peacocks. And ED certainly has a lot of peacocks. But I always found myself quite envious of them. And I think that's why I say I see myself as an introvert and an extrovert because I like I, I like to be the centre of attention. It was in my wedding speech, but that that, that was all about <laughs> me. And it's the running joke uh, amongst my family and friends. But I always am jealous of the people that can enter a situation and just be themselves 100% without judgment, the fear of judgment or fear of holding back. And they're usually some of the greatest leaders in ED. Yeah, they are. And I think that's certainly something that I've found challenging is how do you get recognised as being someone who can lead when you don't really fit into that mould? Um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm sure if you asked any of my colleagues that or the team, probably someone who sits in the background a bit more, um, you know, probably a little bit boring and that I'm consistent and, you know, it, it's a very different type of leadership, I think. Um, and I think you, you can be a strong leader as an introvert, but it's a, I think it can just be a bit of a challenge to be recognised as that. Yeah, but I think that the best leaders are the ones that draw on the, the, the qualities in others that they know they don't have in themselves. And I think you certainly see it here in our leadership team that we're all very, very different personalities, but we'll we'll know who to go to for certain tasks or yeah. for certain things. And like people complement each other. And... Yeah, we yeah. Mm. I mean, we certainly are not the same in our leadership style, but we are very no. uh, we work really well together and we can create great outcomes together because we, we feed off each other's yeah. strengths and weaknesses. I suppose I still see myself very much as a junior leader really um yeah I think so um and I think particularly in this role because it's so new to me so I think I would be much more confident in my clinical leadership in my substantive position as a CNC 
than what I am in this current role, given that it's been less than 12 months that I've been doing it. So I think it's a whole new skill set. You know, you're still trying to learn and find your feet and find what's the right way to do things. Um, So I don't know if I would say the same way you are that you're very you know you say you're very confident in being leader I'm probably not in that space certainly not in this position you know what I find interesting about that comment is that since you have been in this role everybody migrates to you and when I say everybody I mean the entire leadership team particularly during COVID I noticed that you were the go-to people wanted you for answers and they looked to you for leadership now I think that while we say it doesn't, the, the title doesn't matter, if you mix the right person with the right turtle, I think it makes a big difference. And I certainly think that you were the epitome of that during COVID for oh, our thanks. team. Thanks. Mm. Thanks. Because you just, you just knew, you just knew, even though you didn't know all the answers, you knew what to do, where to go, or what person to feed off or what person to go to within the team to make something happen. Uh, I think you're a very strong leader and probably one of the most senior ones in our team. Oh, thanks. Mm. Isn't it funny how, you know, we see ourselves versus how maybe other people... Other people see us. See us, yeah. I find that interesting. Well, that's exactly what what we um, discuss in our interview with Wes, which we'll we'll, um, put on later, is that he didn't even realise he was a leader until we both said, can we interview you for our leadership? Yeah, he was kind of shocked. Yeah. I Um, love that. And yeah, like I said at the beginning, it's certainly what happened to me. I didn't know that I had the qualities to fit a leadership role until somebody said. Yeah. And twice in my career, at both levels, had to be told. Don't have to be told anymore, but. Yeah. I think what I like the idea about this episode of the podcast is that I think for me, it's not a one size fits all solution. So when people talk about leadership styles and what category you fit into, um, I think they're often very difficult questions to answer because, you know, certainly for me, I pull from lots of different types of leadership, not particularly because I study leadership styles, but because that's who I am as a person. Mm. Um, and I, I don't comfortably fit into any one type of yeah. leadership, I don't think. Um, and I, I think what we'll try and get across in this episode is that everybody's got their own journey. Everybody brings their own skill set. And, you know, if this isn't about telling people what they need to do to be a leader, you, you must have this quality or that quality or the other one, um, that it's it's a much more dynamic thing, I mm. think. Um, and hopefully through the interviews uh, with Wes and with Kathy that you'll see that everybody's got their own kind of story and their own take on it and their own set of skills that it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all yeah and there's so much there's so many books and videos and literature about leadership and how to be a great leader and what to do and how to grow into that role I actually think that leadership is a very personal journey Um, And I think most leaders will draw on many different types of leadership. They might resonate more with one type, but will definitely fit into multiple categories within some aspect of their role. I think for me, the biggest, you know, the people that I view as true leaders, um, the probably running theme of 
what they do is be true to themselves. Yeah. And they're not trying to be a type of person or they're not trying to fit into a box of, you know, a transformational leader or an autocratic leader or, you know, whatever it might be. They they are just true to themselves. And I think bringing that honesty and integrity to it, certainly to a position of leadership, but, you know, whatever role you're in is really what people respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I love that. Yeah. I think you can just feel it when you work with people that are confident in themselves and true to themselves and, um, you know, honest and operate with integrity. I think it sets a really good, I don't know, really good standard or yeah. what, what the right word is. But um, there are certainly people that I would look up to yeah. as leaders. Definitely, I agree. Yeah. So well, I, I think that's a good place to lead into our interviews. So we've got two interviews for today's episode. Um, we've spoken about Wes already. So he was one of our graduate nurses last year. So we'll, we'll pop his interview on first. But we're also going to speak to our leader, Kathy Flanagan. Uh, she's the nursing director. Um, certainly someone I look up to. Um, oh, I'm me really too. Absolutely. Um, I'm really keen to share share her her journey and her story with you guys. So um, let's let's get on to the interviews. Yeah, hope you enjoy. So today we're interviewing Wes Woodbourne. He's one of our superstars. Um, Wes was a graduate nurse with us last year, so he's hit eighteen months, um, and he has come to talk about his journey as a leader. Uh, and beautiful Mirren's with us again today. Hey guys. And me. Um, so Wes, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you fall into nursing and why ED? Perfect. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I kind of fell into nursing. It's a bit of a convoluted story, but I, at 21, decided I want to go to uni, got into a business degree because I wanted to do marketing and HR. And after two years of accounting, realized I hate numbers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, it took you two years. <laughs> so, so I um, took a year off. And then at the time, I was working in a radiology clinic as a PA. And one of the guys said, why don't you just become a radiographer? So I was like, okay, cool. Looked into it. And the score at the time was so high that it was almost easier to do medicine than become a radiographer. So someone suggested I go do a semester of nursing and then transfer across I thought okay that sounds easy my score was high enough for me to do that so I did my first semester of nursing loved it and never looked back I, I feel I like love you're that. born to be a nurse too you just you're just great at it you know we fell in love with you when you first started but it just makes sense it, I, I can't imagine you being anything else but I think it's great that you um, wanted to do marketing and now you're doing our marketing. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I, I love why that. I picked you. That was, yeah, that was a good pick. Um, so why ED then? Um, so initially I was actually looking at either theatre or oncology. My background is as a wardsman at the kids' hospital. So I worked in theatre and the day oncology unit there. So all I knew was surgery and day oncology. So those were my interests. And then it wasn't until I came to Logan for my second placements and I was having a really good time. I love the dynamics of how quick and how quick the flow is in ED. Um, the uh, facilitator I had on was very cut dry, but was was really 
smart in what she did, um, which kept us on our toes. And then on top of that, I was invited into recess on my second last week, which was led, led by Liz Stead, who now doesn't work with us, but was with us for a while. Um, and I got to do my first round of CPR and I just loved the way that I was encouraged to do well in something I'd never done before um, and well supported both during and after. And after that, that was that was it. I was just done. I wanted to do ED. And You're sold. ED. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think um, it happens for most people. I always tell people that ED is the kind of thing you fall in love with it straight away and you never want to go. Well, you instantly know it's not for you. Yeah. It's not a yeah. You kind of love it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So today's today's episode is leadership, and like I mentioned, you you were a graduate last year, and um, I asked you to come on and be on today's podcast. So I'm intrigued. Mirren and I know that you're a leader. Did you realize that you were a leader? I did not, to be honest. I, I look at a number of different people who I consider to be leaders and I do not see myself anywhere near their level. So I, you know, I don't think of myself as a leader in any way. <laughs> now that you've thought about it a bit, do you think it's reasonable that there are leaders at all different levels? Definitely. Yeah. You know, I noticed that as a grad, as a wardsman, um, and now with the new grads that are coming through, like I've noticed different levels of leadership without realizing like it's a very subconscious thing that mm, you pick yeah. up and you can see and it's, it's very interesting to see that with other people as well so i know why i think you're a leader and Mira knows why she sees you as a leader why do you think we see that in you what do you think are the qualities we we mm, that's picked a tough up? One. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i think it might have something to do with my constant um advocating if you will for grads and students um I didn't have the best transition process from graduating to getting my grad. It was so it wasn't the normal direction, and I did not know that option was available until I explored it. And I just feel that it's all good to do your three years at uni or four if you're a dual, and then apply through a portal and you don't hear anything back. And well, what do I do with my life now? I've just wasted three years. Um, but there are options out there, and I feel like maybe responsible that someone should share that information or at least help so that that is what drives me to doing what i do on both on the linkedin and the students that come through on your new grads we have here i love that and my favorite quote on leadership is um leaders is not a title or a position and they don't seek out to be a leader they seek out to create change and that's exactly what you've explained that you want to mentor and you want to change the process you want to get the information out there you want to make things better for yeah. people so you weren't trying to be a leader but it just happened because you wanted to create that change you wanted to mentor others yeah, yeah. what do you think Mary? well i think you've got a lot more than just that mm. going for you i'm interested to see what do you think are good leadership qualities? And then I'm going to ask you part B. All right. Uh, <laughs> so qualities I feel make anyone, not only a good leader, but like a good team leader, um, I mentioned was communication is key. Like it, I, you can be in any situation if you can't communicate what you need or what is going on, that situation is going to be 10 times worse. So communication is always something that needs to be worked on, but have that skill because that's yeah. not something everyone has. I think leadership also is someone who can give feedback to someone without it sounding like it's a personal attack. And I feel not yeah. a lot of people have that skill or know mm -hmm. how to utilize that skill. And that's the first thing I asked when I started having students, like what, in, what feedback can you give to me as a nurse, 
as a student nurse to a nurse that I could improve for the next round of students because I'm still very new to this profession. I by no means make any claim of knowing everything and anything. So if you give me something that you think I could work on, I would happily do that and vice versa. Awesome. <laughs> no, I think that's great. And part B, what out of those things that you've talked about, do you think you have those skills? Uh I feel my communication is is on par. I, I don't, definitely do have days where I don't communicate well, and then I have days where I maybe over over communicate. Um, <laughs> but feedback is something I always ask in a situation that I've never been in before. If it was a rough day, I would say to the team leader or someone else I was working, it's like, "Hey, how, what do you think we could have done better to avoid this situation, or how can we do this better next time?" Kind of thing. Yeah. I I don't feel that at any point in your career, regardless if you're the cleaner, the wardsman, whatever, that you stop getting feedback from people below and above you because realistically you always have room to grow mm, yeah i love that i do too and i think like one of my favorite things about people that i view as leaders is their um and i think you have this in spades is their ability to be humble mm. and their ability to kind of recognize that it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to not be fantastic at everything and you know having insight to ask for feedback and to ask what you can do better and to want to do better. That for me, that is such a big part of being um, a leader, you know, that I would like to follow. Yeah. Um, I just think that's great. And I think you've got all those things. Yeah. Thank you. In and I, I, I agree hundred percent you do. And I think that your communication, well, we all don't get it right a hundred percent of the time because emotions get away with us and then the, the communication suffers but I actually love the way you communicate. You're very honest, you're very upfront, you're very clear. Um, and one of the things I like most about you, which is what attracts me to most of the people, um, particularly here, is your humour. Like, I can remember quotes that you have busted out in education sessions <laughs> that floor me. Um, and it's, it's great because, you know, it's usually an environment where people are sort of a little bit Stressed. Stressed, yeah. yeah. And the, and your ability to make up and people laugh appropriately um, mm -hmm. is fantastic. That's one of the things I love most about you. And I find humour, particularly in our setting, in a leader, is something that makes a great leader. Mm -hmm. And most of the great leaders <clears throat> have the ability to make their team laugh. Yeah. I would agree to that. I, I find that any stressful situation that has a hint of humour to it makes it that much more bearable. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I will always remember your quote about, what about those of us that are festively plump? <laughs> it's my favourite <laughs> thing in the world. Uh, for those of you that are listening, that was around trying to get correctly fitting PPE during COVID. Because Wes uh, is quite a tall man. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't describe you as festively plump, but uh, I loved it. It was the best. So on that on that topic of humour, I want to know what has been your funniest moment here. I've had a number, but one that comes to mind quite frequently whenever I think about it is something we laugh about still. The person I'm not going to mention the name, obviously, but um, I was working one of my first night shifts as a grad, and I remember I think it was like three o'clock in the morning or something. I get this Versera call saying, "Can you please come to this cubicle?" With no information, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm happy to help, whatever." And I walk in, and this person. At, this person is standing there fully gowned up in full PPE, just standing there with a syringe looking a bit shocked. 
uh, I, it was like the patient was asleep, so I was in a loop. I was like, what's going on? And all I got was a bit of a head nod up into the left corner, and I look up, and it's like that scene from um, The Shining when the elevator's open. It's just all that blood that runs out. <laughs> <laughs> and I look, I was like, what the hell just happened? Um, and yeah, so somehow between the nurse trying to take some bloods while the patient was sleeping. Um, they coughed, scared the nurse, and the nurse then <laughs> ejected the blood from said syringe onto the roof and wall. And then it was shocked and decided I would be the most appropriate person to fall in that situation. So, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. See, you're a leader. They want you to come yeah. and like fix all types of situations. I love that, yeah. Cleaning it, blood dripping it, off the wall. In, in their crisis, you were the first the first person that, that popped into their head. I think it's fantastic. You know, I would call you as well because you could reach the spill. That's <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably a part of it, yeah. But definitely makes you a leader that in times of need you're um, available and definitely the first person they call. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What about your most um challenging moment? Oh well there's been a few. Obviously ED is one of the most challenging environments we work in. But um, one that comes to mind was probably three or four weeks or maybe five weeks into my grad after being supernumerary. And I was working in CDU and I had this patient who was a, a chronic ETOH user and I'd hand over, they were kind of alert. It was still very early. So as most patients are, they're kind of like, say, yeah, hey, whatever. Um, and then throughout the shift, the patient just kind of decreased in GCS and I couldn't work out what was going on. And obviously being new, to the area and being a nurse, not a student nurse, fell back on me. So talking with the team leader, trying to work out what's going on, do we up the fluids, do, doing more OBS. And I think by the end of it, I think it was two or three hours into it, we had two doctors, the team leader, myself, everyone just trying to work through it. And it wasn't until I kind of just piped up, I was like, oh, we haven't done blood sugar. Do you think that could be it? And we checked it and don't know if they were just having a massive hypo. Once that was correct, the patient was fine. But it was just the idea of, we ha I had all these senior people who were jumping through things, trying to work it out, and it was the most basic of basics, basically. Yeah, everyone missed it. Yeah, I love that. So how has that changed your practice? Has it? Well, what did you learn from that? Um, well, now I, know, now I do BGLs on all my patients. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it kind of reminded me, and it's something that I've said in both, I say to any student coming through and any grad who's like, always go back to basics. Because at the end of the day, we learn the basics because that's what's going to give us our foundations. So if you go back to basics and you cover all that, then you can cross it off and you know it's something else. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is definitely something I've carried through with all my practices since. And I think it just shows that everybody, regardless of what level you are, mm -hmm. has something to offer. Like, yeah, you know, everybody, you know, you said it yourself, you make the assumption you've got all these senior people in the room, these, you know, super duper qualified nurses and doctors, and they all missed it. So it's so important, you know, it just shows how important it is that we're working as a team and everybody's got something to offer, regardless of where you're at in your mm. career. I think it's great. Absolutely. And it's still something even I will teach as well, this exactly the same uh, concept. Go back to the basics. You can build on basic, but you need to know, you need to know the basics. Mm. And whenever you get stuck, mm -hmm. go, go, go back to the beginning. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you not only learned from it and you changed your own practice, but that you are, you are using it to change others' practice, that makes you a leader as well. So uh, 
I'm excited that we get to work with you every day. Absolutely. You're like ticking all the boxes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Tick, tick, tick. It's great. Now you understand why we wanted you. Yes. Um, so we have three questions that we have decided we're going to ask every guest on the show. Um, these aren't necessarily about nursing. These are just about you. Um, but we're going to collect answers because I've, I've asked these questions of a few inspiring people I know um, and the answers are always quite fascinating. So the first question I have for you, Wes, is what is the most profound experience you've ever had? Uh, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, so I've had a number. I'm originally from South Africa, um, so you could say moving from South Africa to Australia was a big one itself. But I think throughout my life, the biggest one that's probably had the most life-changing effect on me was one my sister did for me. So I'm from Adelaide. We moved from South Africa to Brisbane and Brisbane to Adelaide. And I didn't move back to Brisbane until about five years ago. And that decision wasn't one I made. It was made for me by my sister, who I now thank almost every other day because it's led me to go back to uni, meet my partner, get married and have this career that I have. And it was a decision I never made for myself. So that for me is something that is huge because it was literally on a Thursday night, we're moving to Brisbane. A week later, we were on the road to Brisbane. Wow. So that for me is probably one of the most profound things that I've ever has ever happened to me because it's something that I never chose for myself and it's had a great outcome. Yeah. yeah and were you, really I want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> were you on board with that at the time? Um, no. So she, she was going through a divorce. I had just separated from my partner then. I deferred uni because I was working two jobs. It was just, it was a mess really. We All our family had moved back it was literally just myself and my sister so we were sitting there over a glass of wine I was having a little bit of a whinge of what the hell am I doing with my life and where's it going and she was packing up to move to Canada for a year so she's like wow. not not leaving you here in a week's time we're moving out and we're going to Brisbane and that's that's literally all it was wow. so that's yeah. really cool I'm very glad she made that decision yeah, for so, you so am I. <laughs> yeah worked out well very well she's a very clever lady she is. <laughs> so I think that might answer your second question, but I'm still going to ask mm -hmm. it. What is the greatest thing someone has ever done for you? So yes, that, that does kind of fall into that one as well. Um, the greatest thing someone's ever done for me. That is a big one. I, I've got a couple, I guess. I'm not too sure how to answer that now, actually. <laughs> Um, this question stumped me when yeah. she asked me. Did I was it? like, uh, 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 I didn't know. It took me quite a while to think of just one thing. Yeah. I guess I'm going to attribute this one to my um, partner. Um, my last relationship was not the best, and that left some emotional damage. And they allowed me to work through that at a very supported, slow rate that allowed me to move on with my life. So I'm going to give that... That and one. you're very happy with your new partner. Newly married. Newly married, yeah. yes. Yeah. Going on four that's months great. now, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Aww. So, okay. What is one piece of advice that you could give us? I think one piece of advice that I... So, I thought about this question when you asked me, and that someone came to mind when I used to work in hospitality. I was getting training as an assistant manager, and um, my manager, Kat, at the time, was giving us this bit of, there was two of us, was giving us a bit of rundown on how the shift works, how the system manager works. And this person piped up and said, like, why does it matter? Like, don't we just kind of float around? And a bit of an argument ensued. And then basically she just turned around and said, I'm training you to be better than me. 
I want you to be better. There's no point in me training you if you're just going to be substandard. You need to be better than me because if when I leave, I know that this place is in good hands. And then I think about that with nursing. Um, when we train the younger generation coming through or whatever, realistically, in however many years, they're the ones who are going to be looking after us. Mm -hmm. I know that if I had a, if I was lax with my standards, I would not be happy as a patient, let alone as a nurse. So I feel it's, you've always got room to grow. Mm -hmm. So always seek those, those opportunities to grow. That's my advice. That's awesome. That's advice. great advice. Very leadership type advice. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here going, oh, I've got nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> they great questions. Yeah. I love those questions. Uh, someone asked me those questions. And then, uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to Mitch Behan from MJB Seminars. If you haven't heard Dorothy and the Dealer podcast, you should listen to it. They are fantastic. I love them. Um, but he um, asked those questions and said you should try and ask those questions to as many people as you can, can in your life. Uh, because the answers are just fascinating and I think that's right and you get a deeper understanding for somebody when you ask those yeah, questions yeah I think it's super yeah they're hard to answer they are they yeah. are yeah. Marin still hasn't answered mine no I'm just saying no <laughs> time is running out and I will on the spot <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask her on the podcast time is running and she'll out she'll just yeah. be forced to answer <laughs> yeah that's it I'm thinking Lisa I'm thinking still Oh, thanks so much, Wes. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you, Wes. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> I loved that chat. And if you haven't uh, followed Wes on LinkedIn, you should because some of his um, blog posts and articles are fantastic. He's got a great series on um, for grads prepping for recruitment. Grads and that students. He wrote yeah. last year. I think I reshared it on my LinkedIn yesterday. Um, but, yeah, it's fantastic. So if you're a grad and you want a job, Especially this time of year Definitely. in uh, Australia, the portals, or in Queensland anyway, it's uh, coming up to that time, mm -hmm. isn't it? When people yeah. are getting their applications ready and if you want a bit of advice, yeah. I think Wes is your man. I think so too. Happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Wes. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. So today we're going to chat to Kathy Flanagan. Kathy is our Nursing Director of Emergency and Clinical Support Services. And we've got the lovely Gav with us again today. Thanks for joining us, Gav. Thank you. Oh, hi, Kathy. Good morning. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed for today's leadership episode. We've only got a few questions for you, um, but we, yeah, we're really looking forward to uh, having a chat with you today. Fantastic. So first of all, first of all, we wanted to just find out what's your story? How did you get to where you are now? That's a really interesting question, um, Caroline. Um, I've always wanted to be a nurse. Uh, from, when I, from my earliest memories, it was always going to be nursing, no matter what was going to happen. Uh, for about three hours at school one day, I thought I might be a nursing nun because the nuns told me I could do that until my mother told me otherwise. Uh, said, no, you will not. You can do nursing, but you're not going to be a nun. Um, so for me, it's been inherently in, in my blood. I have no idea why. Uh, there's no nurses in my family as such. Uh, we never had any chronic illnesses in the family, which meant us we were involved with medical people at, at, for uh, at, at the early part of my life. Um, but it was just something that I was always going to do and to be. So my original intent when I was about seven was I was going to do my general certificate, because this was back in the 70s. I was going to then do my midwifery um, and, um, and child uh, certificate, and then I was going to join the Royal Flying Doctor Service. 
I have no idea why, but that didn't turn out that way. Um, in my second year of nursing, um, it, I found uh, operating rooms. I walked into an operating suite at the Royal Brisbane Hospital and I thought, this is fantastic, this is my life from here on in. Uh, so I spent the first part of my career as such in and around operating theatres, um, mainly only part-time. I was, I was married and had small children, so I just plodded around doing that for a while. Um, so that was great. I actually moved to North Queensland and was up at, at um, Townsville for a little while where I had my last child. Um, and then I came back to Brisbane and, and life moved on from there for me. And I needed to uh, went into some private um, work with my then husband and um, life changed and I wanted to go back, I needed to go back into nursing. I stepped back into an operating theatre at one of the private hospitals in Brisbane City and um, they presented the next number of wonderful opportunities for me in my career. I never had an intention of being a nursing leader. I didn't really know what that was. Um, it wasn't part and parcel of my psyche whatsoever. But I looked for opportunities there and I found them doing a whole range of things. I was a workplace health and safety person of that operating theatre. I was also the, the BLS trainer uh, for, for them as well too. Um, but the biggest part of that was that I was uh, there at the beginning of the major boom in laparoscopic surgery. Mm. A surgeon I was working with there, he was uh, very much intent on being one of the best people doing the laparoscopically assisted vaginal hysterectomies. Uh, initially, we called them foreveroscopy because the first one took about, you know, about three hours. Um, so, but for me to be, that, that was a, a challenge for me, but I found then that what I needed to do to make that run as best I possibly can that list was to understand the equipment and the way that everything worked. Uh, we had waited at least a couple of hours for um, for the reps to come in and fix the bits of equipment that went around with this new type of surgery. So I learned all about that. So which then gave me a, I guess you could say a little bit of an up on other nurses there because the doctor wouldn't start the list unless I, unless I was there because he knew um, that if, if something went wrong with the equipment that I was the first person there to be able to fix it. So, and that, that was very rewarding for me um, and then ultimately led to a range of other opportunities for me. That particular doctor who was working with a group of others um, wanted to set up a day surgery not far from that main hospital and asked me to set up the theatres and run those, which I did for about three years. So all of a sudden I stepped from a, a nurse by the bedside to now managing people to now doing a whole range of other things there and it was, that was really quite exciting. Um, life moved on again, uh, various things happened and uh, it changed again for me. So I ended up undertaking some agency work and then found uh, another group of people who were running an IVF clinic found me and said, can you come and help us as well? So that was fantastic. So I, I did that for about two or three years as well. Once again, managing people in a different scenario, this was truly a standalone um, external to a, a, a major facility. So having the interactions with now the, our new um, customers, QIS and all those types of people, it was really quite interesting. But the onus was on my shoulders. I had no one to fall back on there, and that was a that was a, a very interesting time for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it was really quite extraordinary. Yeah, so, uh, from, so you were yeah. a part of a massive change and it sort of thrust you into a leadership role. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah not of my planning whatsoever. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I, 
Yeah, so I then stepped um, stepped away from nursing per se and went into doing medical devices um, with, a, with 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 a couple of different companies. A very dis- different aspect of, of nursing, um, interacting with a whole range of people. But it gave me the opportunity to actually fly all over um, Queensland and the northern New South Wales area to meet to see a whole range of people doing same same things but differently. And that was quite an, that was quite an eye opener for me then. Mm. Um, uh, so they did that for about six years or so, and then I, st- I needed to step back into nursing again, and I went back to that that major private hospital that I worked at originally, and went there with the intent just to go back as a nurse, just to be at the bedside of the patient, and just you know do do a few casual hours here and there. Uh, within the space of four weeks, I've gone from a casual nurse to a clinical nurse to a nurse manager of the anaesthetics area <laughs> to, the, to the nurse manager of the whole suite, the whole operating um, room which was about 11 feet at that point in time due to people oh, having wow. to leave an early pregnancy, um, taking on different challenges just for the, for the, for the numb then. So um, I ended up being there as that in that position for about three years or so. Um, and I think one of the questions you're going to ask me is about my most challenging moment. And that's when I decided that there was a very challenging moment in that at, towards the end of that role where I found my nursing leadership voice and stood up for um, a few members of my staff uh, around a certain issue and um, then I found that the values that I had there at, at that particular time weren't uh, aligned with mine and um, I chose to leave that facility and I looked for um, another position somewhere else and I found Queensland Health. Mm-hmm. So that's now about 14 years or so ago and to join that position in Queensland Health I actually went up to Mackay Hospital. So I literally picked up myself and my two dogs. I ran away from Brisbane for about three years and I worked as a nursing director for surgery up at Mackay Hospital. Um, to actually work within the health system is a, a very different uh, a different view on the way that things work from the private system. Mm. Um, so it was that was quite interesting. And then I came back down to Brisbane and eventually ended up down here at Logan Hospital. Lucky for oh, us. Lucky, yeah. lucky. <laughs> And I stepped right away from um, operating rooms because I'm now looking after an emergency department. That's it, with all the action is. And that's right. So they tell me, so I see. (laughs) So can you think what was the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in your career, Cathy? The funniest thing, I I like to enjoy my life. I like to enjoy work. There's lots of funny things that have happened to me over the the years. But I do think the funniest thing is just... um, Oh, I, I think for me, just actually finally realising um, that I could actually do all this. And I found that quite funny because it's never where I wanted to end up. It's never yeah. where it was my intention to be. <laughs> so that was, that was well, go, wow, amazing. So would it be fair to say that you simply looked for opportunity and took it when it was offered? And that's how and, you, you eventually ended up where you are today? And, Absolutely. I never had a lot of people have a pathway that they're wanting to walk along to to go further in their career. That was never my intention whatsoever. Yeah. I just wanted to be a nurse. I didn't really know what that meant at the time, and I still don't really know what that means. It's just that I need to care for patients, and I need to care for staff who care for patients. Um, so I, I my, my my road was never set before me per se, except that I wanted to be a nurse. Did you ever um, get to a point um, where you? looked for the next step but not necessarily an end result so for instance you know you got to one level you had mastered that role 
and while looking for another opportunity, you decided rather than go sideways, you would go up. Did that ever happen or was it always just whatever there is, I'm going to take it? It, it, it was um, opportunities were presented to me and I took them and ran with them 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just, and they have and they have continued to come to me and they continue will to come to me. Um, so ending up in the ED, um, I just came down for a three-month stint to help out uh, around someone's having to leave urgently for three months and three and a half years later I'm there. You know, I um, still remember that first meeting I had with you when you were backfilling. And I, I walked out of that meeting uh, with my, my colleague who we'd met with you and I said, wouldn't she be fantastic if she was with us permanently? <laughs> and then, then you did. It was so, oh, we were very happy when that happened. Yeah, you're not, you. you're not allowed to go anywhere else. There's no, no more opportunities to be had. You're just staying here. <laughs> this is this your is opportunity. <laughs> so, Cathy, what do you think... I know I've asked you this question before, but um, for everybody else, what do you think are your main types of leadership styles? Um, look, I think leadership, it, it evolves and it changes and it really is a situational scenario. Um, for me, it just really depends on what's actually happening. Um, but basically, I, I look at two ways of achieving things. So one way is that a decision is made mm -hmm. and this is what it's been. It is a directive and we need to find the best way to do that. So um, that, that, that is one way that I lead. So this is a decision, like it or not, we, we are going that way or this is going to be the best way forward for us. Uh, so therefore, how are we as a group going to achieve that? Uh, and, and then that, that's, that's the whole team working towards that. The other thing is that the team may come up with an idea, this is the way that we want to go, and this happens on a very regular basis in the emergency department, as we know, and then it is my job then to say, yes, this is great, this is a good way to go, so we want to go there, let's work towards it. Uh, so it's sometimes saying yes, and it's sometimes saying this is what we need to do. And, but having the team on board, to be able to explain it to way, uh, in a way to, to the staff, to get them on board, um, to have them become part. Uh, you can't be a leader unless you've got a team with you. Not, not, not beside you, not in front of you, you need to be all together. Yeah. And, and that's why I said. And I think that we've certainly achieved that here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that resonates too with the conversation Mirren and I were having that um, leadership is very much not one style. Like you can resonate more with one over the other, but you generally you take on multiple different styles depending on the situation, which is like what you've just said essentially. Yes. So Kathy, we have three questions for you that we are asking all of our guests on the show. Now these are not necessarily leadership questions, but mm -hmm. I think they're they're great questions to get a bit more insight into the person and I find it really interesting to collect these questions. Yeah. So the first question I have for you is what is the most profound experience you've ever had? Uh, so thank you for giving me a heads up on this because I have had some time to think about it. Um, they, I think personally and also professionally was the time that I asked the um, the, uh, the uh, cardiac arrest team to stop CPR on my father, which eventually ended his life. Um, and I think that was profound for me as a person but also as a nurse. I was able to step away from the daughter and become the nurse 
Yeah. And say, this is what my father wanted because we'd had that conversation. So that was really profound for me and I made a decision then and um, live by it now. And that's the hardest thing yeah. too, I think, as a nurse is taking the step back when it is your family. So that's amazing. Ooh. Must mm-hmm. have been really hard. It, 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 it was extremely difficult, but I knew because my father and I had had that conversation only about a month beforehand, I said, this is what my father wants. Yeah. So so I took off the daughter hat, put on the nurse hat and said, this is all about the patient. Yeah, and you would be an advocate for that patient? Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next question I have for you is what is the greatest thing someone has ever done for you? Oh, gracious me. Um, a number of years ago, I was involved, became involved with a women's group and I found a wonderful mentor within that group um, who, who gave me the insight that I could actually do whatever I wanted to do. Um, whilst it sounds simple, for me it was difficult as it is for many, many women. But I think that is the greatest gift that I have ever been given is the actual confidence to sort of say, I can do this and just do it. Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant. I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what is one piece of advice that you could give us? So, Lisa, one piece of advice is never going to come from me. There's always going to be two or three pieces. I do know that. I do know that. I think what the, I think one one thing would be the absolutely look for the opportunities. They are there. If you seek, you will find. Um, and they are there. They come in a variety of forms. So when when that when that little opportunity knocks, take it and see where it takes you to and where it would lead you to because you have no idea what's going to go on with that. The other piece of advice is honesty. That to be honest to yourself and to your to your crew around you as well too. So by doing that, that will make you the best and most genuine leader and person that you could possibly be because if you're not honest with yourself and with others, you'll never be able to achieve what you need to achieve in your life to be successful. And I think the third piece of advice would be to be grateful for what we have. I'm grateful I live in gratitude every single day. I'm grateful to get out of bed. I'm grateful for what I have. The opportunities have been afforded to me to be able to work with spectacular staff and spectacular nurses and doctors who do the most utmost extraordinary things every single day. And to see that, I am truly grateful. I'm grateful to have you guys there doing what you do because that's what makes the emergency department and the clinical support services at Logan the best. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Kathy. Well, I think so you're an amazing leader, certainly one that I look up to and I know a lot of us here um, do do look up to you. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you very much, ladies. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for being on today, Kathy. My pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Well done. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tune in next week. It will be our United Nations next month. episode. Next month, yeah. Not next week. We definitely won't be ready by next week. No, (laughs) next month. Uh, We're going to talk to some of the staff that we work with that have worked in other parts of the world and we're going to compare what it's like in Australia to everywhere else. We've got quite a diverse group too, so it'll be a great episode. So make sure you tune into that. Also, don't forget to review, rate and subscribe um, so that we can continue to bring you these great podcasts. Yes. And you can continue to find us on all the media. And please drop us some comments about topics that you think that you'd like us to talk about. Yeah.
So we we think we know what you want to hear, but we probably don't. We'll so just keep please let us on know unless you tell us. Yep, definitely. Okay, see you next month, guys. See ya.